0: Maybe. Mic check, mic check. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. In the process, writing a story. I'm your host, Connor Kamineski. Just the podcast where we're going to be coming on, talking about my brand, Kingdom. What I'm doing, how I'm doing. Ideas kind of going through my head. Also talking about kind of what's next about the brand and stuff like that. And then we also do interviews here, artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, hearing their story, how they got to where they are today, what it took, adversity they faced and all that. So this week we have a very special guest. It is episode 13 and this guest is a huge inspiration to me. I've interviewed him before. He's uh, Drew Sicko. You And yeah, I mean... His name explains himself. He's a he's a great guy. He works hard. He just threw an event uh, called The Movie Night. It was about two weeks ago. Yeah, we didn't have an episode last week. It was just, I was busy, Drew was busy. Couldn't kind of get it out there, so I uh, I didn't want to throw something in and, and just fill it in for nothing. So, yeah, here we are, and let's just get right into it. Here's the interview with Drew Sicko.
1: What you want, what you need, I got
0: Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for giving me your time. What I want to start off with, though, was the event, the movie night that just occurred. I wanted to talk a little bit about what your thoughts on it were, how you thought it went, really all of that. And then we'll move into talking a little bit about your set. And the songs that you chose and why you chose them. So
1: Yeah, I think movie night went amazing. You know, like I was saying, like can't really take too much credit for the turnout because that was everybody else's guest list slash homies and stuff. But I don't know, my mind got put at ease as soon as I started the like I heard the event break popping off on my phone like hours before, like the day before, like keep getting ticket notifications and everybody's donations are mad appreciated. Glad that we could put on an event that was like pay what you want type thing because a lot of people took the opportunity to pay more than an average ticket for something like that and some people who may not have had that much money was able to pay two five dollars something like that for the night that we put on which i think is great you know so how i see it is that some people that were mad generous made it easier for the people who were lower on on funds at that moment to pull up for free or pull up you know for a couple bucks so i was glad that uh, i ran it that way and Probably will continue to, but just next time have like a group that will donate to or a plan for, or maybe a raffle or something like every $5 donates like a ticket or something, something to incentivize people to donate more and just to have a better setup at the door for people to like fully check their tickets and, and all that, but also all the emails I collected and stuff. I'll be sending, you know, a thank you message out to everybody, some recap videos. The link to probably this podcast and the one me and you recorded for Corner of the Globe and the one me and K Field recorded for that same show.
0: For sure, for sure. So I appreciate the event. It was awesome, bro. It was nothing like I've ever been to. I'm excited for the next. And yeah, it was dope, man. Like I, I look, like I said in the Corner of the Globe pod, I said that it was an event like I've never been to and it was an event where where you watch YouTube videos and you see big performers performing at little shows. And when I seen, when I was there, it literally just made me imagine that like when these dudes pop off, I could say I went to a show with 40 people, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Moving on. I wanted to talk a little bit about your set list and and why you chose it and why you chose that order. And then you finished off with a Frank song actually, which Mm -hmm. is dope because frank ocean's classic and facts i mean i i've met i think i met one person that said he didn't like frank ocean's music and i was yeah like to each their yeah. own but i don't know frank Ocean those people is are just always like, oh,
1: he's too hyped he's too overhyped type thing and i, I don't really let that affect my view yeah yeah for, sure, thing. for like, sure unless an artist obviously changes like their sound or their demeanor drastically when they get famous i don't really tend to get mad when someone I like pops off, you know? But yeah, I don't know. There's so much hype around which is justified in my opinion. But I could understand why someone's like, oh, he's overhyped if they felt the hype or heard about the hype before then they before they heard about the music. Because it's not like there's things that are too weird or too experimental to latch on to. But I feel like if if he was like someone's expecting a lit artist or someone like crazy or a different genre of music and then Everyone's like, because honestly, he's the only R&B like singing ass dude that like everyone hypes up to the level of a rapper. Because other than, you know, DHL and like My Room and songs that he features on where he kind of raps-esque like in his own way. Yeah. He's not really a rapper, but he gets the acclaim of a rapper. Of and, a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just my set list. I don't know. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But it was, I, was, I just chose it mostly. The motivation was just like, okay, I want these to be songs that will feel good to perform the booth. And it's not me like trying to get everyone lit when I'm not even kind of in the same room as them because that might be awkward. But, but well, with what Celeste popped out off with and Floyd and Kayfield, field even bomb I feel, oh, and then yeah, the track that Larry did, like I feel like they all had one lit one in their set. And I actually did have like, one that was pretty bumping but i took it off because i was like i'm not really confident with it was actually a song like my, i feel like my voice has changed since i made it so i was trying to like sing and i was doing sound check the day before with that song and i was like i can't do it justice i can't do it the exact same as the record because to me like if it sounds like the record then there we go but i guess i should have taken that song and just put my own spin on it for how i could sing now but that's, yeah, that was another unreleased track. I, I tried to do a few that were re- released, but it, right now, how I am as an artist, like my best stuff is just not released. You know, we're still progressing. And yeah, start off with Flight Path, that's from Terminal. I really did that because K Field, that's like his favorite song and actually, you know, is reminiscent of the times I was in Toronto. That's kind of what it was about. I wrote it before. It's one of the first songs that I really wrote that I ended up making it on a record when I started write, writing music uh a lot of that verse and then i was re-recording it at a studio session that i had with k field so in the blue faces track when he's like i was in the booth baby drew was on the keys like he's talking about the studio session we had where i was re-recording flight path and then there was another session we had where i did it again and it was at somebody's house so it's just a song that goes you know me and k field go back with and i know that he really likes it off the project i've heard a lot of people if their favorite song isn't window seat, it's Flight Path. So I want to start off with that and I thought it was a good opener Mm -hmm. for my show at the end of the week. I feel like I'll start off with Rhinestone. But yeah, other than the second song I did, which is also unreleased before Rhinestone, the second track, I feel like that was the same vein as like uh, Flight Path and it kind of showed character development. If you're listening to the lyrics type thing like that song is called Round Star and it's going to be on the album I'm going to drop next and i felt like there's just really good moments in that track and i even said while i was performing like it's not even done like i only have one half of that track written and i just think it's cool to give the fans like something unfinished see like hey this is where i'm at this is what i'm doing right now but then rhinestone be my third track on this set but when i perform later it'll be my first just because it's a different crowd and i feel like that one is undoubtable like I can really perform that well. It's what I'm excited about the most right now because it's a a new track. It's going to be on the next album I drop after the one I was talking about. And I think it's just like it'll get people on my side. I felt like it was a hometown advantage with the the set that we did at the movie night and I didn't really need to get people on my side. I just like I was it was really nice. I could pick songs where I'm like, "Okay, I know who's going to be there and I'm going to pick for them but I had to do Rhinestone for myself and just for practice and that went okay. Like it's, I I have to address the fact that my auto tune started fucking up and it's nobody's fault, but my own, but (laughs) the only songs it was really in key for was technically Flight Path and then gladly Frank Ocean at the end because those songs happen to be the same key, but Rhinestone wasn't all that bad. Look, listening back to some of the clips, it was just some of the moments had some air taken out of them because of the fucked up pitch, but you know, it could have been worse. You know, there's relative keys and fifths and all sorts of music theory stuff to where I could explain, like, yeah, this would have been a way worse situation if it was in this key rather than this one. But I think it was okay and, and decently listenable. And then just my performance of it, like, I didn't have to take that many breaths, you know, all that. And then what else? Oh, yeah, the Drake track, the Drake remix. I was really excited to do that one that was the one where I feel like the air was taken out of it because the tune like the most. And then also it's a long track. So it was like, I, I could kind of tell there's something wrong in my headphones, but people really had to sit through like that long ass track with it, not sounding all that G, but I don't know, like that track, I really tell my story continuation of the story I've been telling. And then just trying to get into the character of Drake and how Drake writes. That was kind of my challenge for the track. When I was writing it, I was like, "Hey, Drake's always reminiscent. He always, he's always petty. He's always talking about exes and stuff like that. Like, let me try to hit it from Drake and also Brent too, because he had great runs. And I tried to emulate some of his runs on that track. So that was a blast to perform. And I just knew I had to do that one because it's been stuck in my head since I made it. And I was like, I obviously know these lyrics really well because I've just been singing them to myself, like with no backing track, like all throughout the house, all throughout the car. Like everywhere I'm at. Yeah, window seat, you know, that was supposed to like hold away more emotional weight. But I know the people that did want to hear it, they they got to hear it despite the autotune being off. But again, I listened to that clip and it wasn't all that bad because it was in a, a decent key. And just the performance version where it starts with the clapping and then it goes into the instrumental like a couple bars into the first verse. I just think that's a really good way like pacing wise to structure that song because it's kind of like you start singing it before you even know what the instrumental's like. And then when when it hits, it really hits. I fucked up the on the timing of it a bit. But like, you know, I'm hard on myself. You know, you see me going through this track or so it's bro, just of like, oh, ah, this is what no. went wrong. But to me, it's like playing your tape or your game or your tape or your stand-up set or something back. It's very hard to watch yourself fuck up, but like you need to do this to progress. And you gotta like ask yourself hard questions. So window seat. That was chill. But, you know, at that point, I just knew like there's something wrong with either how I'm holding the mic or the sound in some way. And I know the crowd's not really feeling it, but I'm going to ride this out. And then miraculously, when I started playing self-control, the key ended up lining up just coincidentally. And that's a song like, you know, it's hard to be like, ah, I can do a Frank song justice. You know, it's kind of a hard task, but that's one of my favorite tracks to sing in the car. And to really try to hit like every note and just emulate the way he's singing, like it's almost like the song I practice to to like warm up my voice or do some shit like that. So I know that I know the song well Well, inside and out. And I was like, fuck it. Like people are going to enjoy it if I play this. And yeah, I just wanted like I couldn't hear any of the crowd, but I just wanted everybody to like sing together and have that moment at the end, which I think was pretty G like, especially the fact that the tune started lining up again and we could really kill it. Cause then I knew in my headphones, like I didn't even know what was really wrong till the end of the set. But when that's came on and I started testing out, like hitting some notes, I was like, Oh, we're locked in for this. Like, let me just kill it. And, uh, it's a nice enough pace to where I could take some breaks and rest and everyone's best footage of me from their iPhones and everything was like photos or videos of me during that song. Cause is an emotional one. And, you know, it's very easy to tap into the emotions and just be like, hey, this is the victory lap. And the way it ends is crazy. Like, all praise to Frank.
0: I love the way you talk about your music, bro. And you're so passionate about it, man. It's dope. I love seeing it and like hearing you talk where you're, you just have that, like, I, like that euphoric feeling inside you, bro. You get that feeling inside you where you're just like, you're stoked about your own stuff and you're... You say you're hard on yourself, but every artist is. You have to, yeah. you,
1: you have to be, be hard right, on yourself, so.
0: or you're not gonna, you're not gonna improve, right? I mean, if you set the bar high and set your expectations high, then you'll shoot higher. You'll try harder oh, sure. to get to that, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I loved your set. I, I personally. It was 10 out of 10, bro. The, the whole The whole event was a 10 out of 10. You Word. did a good job planning it, especially for the short period of time that you had. Moving from the event, I want to move to the company that threw the event and Atlas Media. And mm. I want to talk a little bit about what is Atlas Media and why you kind of started Atlas Media and stuff like that. And then we could talk a little bit about the opportunities that Atlas Media has gifted me and is willing to gift others and, and is gifting
1: many others. So weird. Well, yeah, Atlas kind of just came about cause well, really there's a tattoo on my chest. That's a globe pretty similar to the logo. And around that time when I made the logo, I was fooling around with tattoo ideas and stuff like that. And ended up getting the tat on my chest just to be like, you know, to me, it represents oneness being connected. Like, you know, it's not just me, like not one man's an Island. Like it's the whole world. So I got like a whole globe, but also like the grid lines and kind of like mathematical digital, like simulation theory type vibes in it as well. And yeah, when I was continuing to fool around with the globe stuff, like I know it's gotten very popular in in streetwear and stuff since, but I added like little flames to it, little olive leaves to emulate like the United Nations logo. And then I just like, Damn, this is a fire like logo for whatever this is called. And for a long time I had a logo and I was using it for things and putting it under like stuff to do with music before even really having a a name for it. And I Atlas kind of grew on me because it's very on the nose. It's just saying what the logo is. But I wanted to like stand for something. And me and Edibom came up with a bunch of like things that the it could potentially be a, you know, whatever it is, an acrostic poem for. Like a being like I think some a, a nice one was like always tell lies at sunset or some shit like that but it was just so esoteric and like didn't really mean nothing yeah yeah so we don't really put Atlas like with dots in between the name type thing other than on the dare T, but yeah for me it was just something that slowly came about and I I know that like well first of all I just don't like put my name on everything like whether I do a music video or visualizer any of the services that we offer. I don't like just being like hey this is my shit like oh look at my name type thing like I want there to be an entity sometimes you can be taken more seriously when you're a group uh, of people and I didn't if like I always wanted to put my friends on and give them opportunities so (coughs) basically me Edabon and Chantel are the only like core and then you know you have the podcast through the network but yeah i just want to put my friends on i feel like the drew Sicko company like is fucking whack so pulled up with with the atlas name forget what we dropped first but i don't know i, I made the youtube and started dropping music videos through there so every video i work on kind of on like on a lyrical lemonade is going to be on that youtube and then hopefully we can build it up to the point where artists see it as an asset to get a video made by me not because of the skill but just also because of like clout that might come with media. it if we've got a lot of people and then also I always wanted to do podcasts so that's cool we could have a podcast underneath it and then when you interviewed me and you might you said you might need help, some help like getting the podcast up and everything i was like oh we could totally do it through there and what else we got i mean got some clothes first off it's just a sick logo to have on tees and stuff like i don't even think atlas media was fully formed when i started selling the black lives matter tees or the hoodies and donating to Black Lives Matter movement, but you know a lot of people around the globe have have Atlas tees now and try to make them proud and make that uh, logo mean something so they can be the first ones to have the first run of hoodies. But yeah, like to me, it just made sense. I was reading something in The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, where he was saying like you got to incorporate yourself, like you got to separate yourself. You're a person, and then you're also an entity. You're like a corporation because if you're doing work like a freelancer or something like that, where you work for yourself, you got to be a human too. So for me, when I'm working on music personally and when I'm working on personal videos and stuff, that's just like pertaining to me, I see myself as an artist signed to Atlas media or someone who's making a video for Drew Sicko that is signed to Atlas media. But when I'm working on stuff for other people and managing my time and charging certain rates for things, I'm, an I'm a representative of Atlas Media. I'm an employee, and it's the company that pays me for my work type thing. So, for most people, that might be a little complicated or overcomplicating things, but it's very necessary in my line of work because you like the line between doing stuff for your friends or doing stuff for your work can get very muddy because it's not like my friends always want stuff for free. But it's just like, okay, well, I I want to help you, man. Like I really want to help you out, but then I realized. Recently, like to do business officially and maybe even be some people's first taste of like doing official business, paying decent rates and having like an organized production with everything that you may need is more of an asset to them than me just doing something for free. And then also with every artist that I work with, I'm trying to get them to the point and teach them, help them organize and get them to the point where they can make a living off what they do we won't have to stress about funds. And then if that's the case, you know, it returns in the fact that they'll, they'll have more funds to spend on productions, and then we can work on more stuff with them. So, you know, there's a lot of different reasons, a lot of different meanings behind Atlas, and we're trying to do a lot of different things. It emulates like my adhd ass mind to where there's a lot of things incorporated, but that's what it is. It's a corporation, it's a group, it's a, it's a community. And I'm hoping that I can delegate things down, teach people how to do things that I currently have to oversee myself. And we can build up to the point where I'm just the guy running ideas, guy running the show. And we've got a lot of people that are underneath that would be making money for themselves, doing something that they love and growing in the process. I like it. Yeah, man. I mean...
0: When you first approached me and and asked me to join, like just go through the the Atlas Network and all that for the pod, I, I, I definitely was like, well, 100%. I know mm. that this is something that you have a passion for and that you want to grow. And it's the same as my like my pod. I, I have a passion for it and I want it to grow, right? So, I mean, if I'm doing you a favor and, and helping you with all like – putting in editing, getting, making sure I'm on time and all that with helping you run your own company and all mm-hmm. that. And then you can hold me accountable on the same end saying, look, I need the podcast in by Tuesday or whatever, then it works both ways. It's exactly like you said, it, it's, it's better. Like, yeah, you, you do stuff for your friends for free and, and, and all that, but it's, it's the point where you can get to that accountability stage of, look, I'm, I'm trying to run a business. You're trying to run your thing. Let's run it the right way, like professionals and we can get to the next step together. Right. And and we can help build each other up, see the adversity that we face and and build on it. Right. So, I mean, at, at first I remember like when we were doing the first couple episodes and all that, I was sending you the podcast 14 hours before it. I wanted it to be uploaded. Then you hit me up and we're like, hey, man, like, I think we should set up a date, what time, where it needs to be uploaded and all that. Right. And that's exactly mm. what I needed to hear to put that into my brain, where it's like, I, if I want this to be professional, if I want this to be what I want, like, if I want this to be what I envision, this is exactly the steps I need to do. That's exactly what we'll do. We'll, we'll grow together. So with Atlas Media, I mean, there's so many opportunities that you have that that I have got gotten given through through it, and I, I just look at it like, man, I, I wouldn't be Kingdom wouldn't be where it is, or the podcast wouldn't be where it is without it. So, I mean, I appreciate it. I can't thank you enough for sure. Oh, yeah, no problem, but, man. I, I mean, the the amount of work I can't even. I don't even know the amount of work that you put in, but I envision a hefty workload because you running a media company, editing people's podcasts, music videos for people, doing your own music, music videos for yourself. You know, you're trying to make a living too. You're trying to do your own thing as well. So the, the workload that you put on for many people and for yourself,
1: you're a warrior and As the way i see it is just like how people say dress for the job you want not the one you have i just i want to be accustomed to this type of workload because the vision is that shit gets even busier than this you know oh Hopefully yeah more organized more consistent and more manageable and more predictable than this but the workload sh- you know should be more than this at least in the beginning stages until it becomes automated and i can be in an administrative role and yeah what you said like just holding each other accountable is super key it's hard to find people that are willing to grow with you and also are trying to like you know i meet a lot of people and i hear their ideas out but for you it was someone that like i knew was really wanting to do this and someone that's willing to understand the symbiotic relationship someone that didn't have an ego about it like oh no i'm gonna put my stuff with my name on it type thing you can't put atlas media sound before my shit like there's no problem with that because for you you knew that you needed someone to hold you accountable and that was kind of the goal and then also the symbiotic relationship of you giving me content you know because it's not much of a media company without media and then also you're giving me practice uh like we said before editing podcasts and kind of that maintaining that workflow because you can obviously lose it if you don't have anything to do all day then you're just going to be accustomed to that and it's hard to get out of that funk right so no i think it's a great thing and i can't wait to see where it goes because i want to add more shows i want to have guests on each other's shows and all that sort of stuff like i'm very into the podcast medium i just don't always have the time to like run my own type thing so just to be in so involved with something but you are really the one coming up with the ideas sitting, sitting there every tuesday talking about your brand or interviewing people that I might have not and got the chance to interview or had the interest to because they're not like in my same field. But you had the Euler dude and the, the Nashville Predators dude on, you have me on. I can't wait to see the new interviews and, and being able to edit them. And then also, yeah, you just are out there talking about the company and the network and the podcast and that kind of grows it, you know? And then I, I tried to run a podcast when I was in high school and the fact that I didn't have an accountability partner, made it so i could quit the podcast not put it on any episodes and nobody would notice for like months and then someone you know every once in a while someone's like whatever happened to that or whatever happened in the magazine or whatever happened to the podcast it's like damn it's because i didn't hear anybody saying where's the new ep- episode yeah yeah when yeah. i didn't up- when i didn't upload one right if you can't send it on tuesday you know you have an obligation to me to like get it you know wednesday morning or something like that so yeah um it kind of puts fire under your ass and makes it so you we can get to episode 13 and the reason i'm on for episode 13 is i was saying we're, we got to celebrate because i heard one time that if you can get to 13 episodes of podcast you know the consistency there it proves you know and that's that's a couple months we've been running this all summer now basically yeah. so every you know 13 weeks of one episode a week and i'd say that's a pretty good gauge of if you're serious about it or not so is official, you know, 13th episode is a real podcast. It is official. It is
0: a real podcast. I I remember like first, first time I think I met you and I, we talked about the podcast. You were literally like, yeah, man, just hopefully you can get to 13 episodes. Like that's, that's the key 13 episodes is like the, the, the bridge. Yeah, because then you wouldn't want to
1: stop. Like you've already oh, done yeah. all this work, and, and that's
0: always that's always been in my head, man. Is is thirteen episodes? Just get to that thirteenth, and now that we're here, man, it's like it, it's a breeze with the podcast. It's only gonna get better. Where I'm setting up the studio, I'm I'm setting up stuff where I can start videoing myself, and and Atlas is gonna be able to to upload some clips. I'm gonna be able to upload some clips. We'll get the little globe in the corner and all Hard. that. And we'll get this thing running, man. Cause it's, it's only getting better. I mean, we hit that 13th yeah. episode mark and, and yeah, I'm super excited for what's to come. I think throughout this, this process that we've done, I've realized what I need to do better and what I can't do and, and all that. So it's, it's all growing. And like I said, we're only getting better, but, for the last question, I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this are going to wonder, when are we getting the next event, bro? When, when's this next event? When are you hoping for it and and, and all that?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping for September, man. Like I want to keep the momentum going. I've been working on the event that I'm going to be doing uh, in partnership with, with NOPE. You know, we're all there's a big team. It's not just me and them, but I've been working on that snap fee stuff all summer. Uh, So my mind's been in event coordination mode. And then how easy it was, you know, like it it wasn't an easy task from a time management standpoint. But the movie night ran itself at a certain point, man. I was stressing about the technological aspects, but everything from the venue owner, Alan shouts out, Alan shouts out the commutio pulling up and hearing my idea out, I showed him the blue face video, showed him repeat. And he was down. He believed in the vision, you know, went out on, on a limb and gave us that space. I just said, you, you want to run bar and take care of that. That was perfect. You, Edelbaum coming out, selling merch, Edelbaum's homie having, coming in and helping out. Like everyone that just volunteered, their time was amazing. And that really ran itself, like I said, because I was just stuck in the booth fixing problems. But I just think the event went pretty simply compared to what I'm doing in LA type thing, because there's a lot of moving parts and we're trying to build like an event uh, community, you know, community around an event series, because I suggested to them that they do it monthly. And they thought that was a great idea because super simple to build a community if you know every third Saturday or something is going to be. Yeah. And I kind of want to do something similar with the Atlas stuff. The movie night was kind of cool because it was like a little bit themed. Even though we weren't playing movies, we played music videos. We could have had easily popcorn there, like streamers, like all sorts of things relating to movies. I had an idea today calling it like the circus or something. Even though it's still performers, I wanna have like food trucks that have elephant ears and donuts and shit like that. Like circus food out in the parking lot, that'd be sick. Or the girls night. Girls night, I was talking to you a bit about off pod, but like just having a space where a girl can DJ, We'll have hella security. We'll run it properly. Get, you know, ten dollars at that door, which goes to like women's abuse shelters. And then yeah, girls only. They can party to like whatever songs, Nikki, Doja Cat, you know, Beyonce shit, whatever girls listen to nowadays, they'll be picking <laughs> the shit. You know, I don't want my hands in there. I just wanna be let let them loose and let them have a safe, fun night where everyone is like Shan said, the energy of a girl's bathroom where everyone's just like, oh, do you need anything? Can I help you all? Your makeup looks amazing. Like, you know, it's yeah, something yeah, that yeah. we don't get as as males, unfortunately, because we haven't progressed to that point emotionally. But <laughs> yeah, a ton of ideas. And also what I want to do is with 1458 and Chill's Life, two local groups that are doing big things. I want to do like a team battle thing, like an Avengers or like a Justice League thing where it's just themed as like, a competition where really you know there's no victor but it'll just be like hey get like it'd be so easy to be like a character select screen or something as like the roster just to put on local talent you know but for them i want to have done music videos for the both of them by that point and i've i'm working on a video with darwin trendy and i'm planning one for 1458 but yeah just getting back from la and we'll see what's popping but and then, yeah, even through the winter, too. And events that are not just performers or DJs, or something like that. Like, I want to have a private, like, kind of soiree with, like, artists and creatives and locals in the city because I feel like there needs to be a spot for us to co-mingle and, and bounce ideas off each other because every time I go to a local event, that's my favorite part, you know? If the performances are are fire, that's, that's a bonus, and I feel like ours were, but everyone was just like, I met so many people. I've never felt like this. I've never been to an event like this, you know, because, blah, blah, you know, someone comes to the city, Daniel Caesar, Drake, something like that. You're not out there in line talking to everybody because it's Drake. Like everyone's going to that concert. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they are. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, just cause you're going to a Drake concert too. That means that you're going to be a cool creative person that I want to talk to. But if I curate it, i have people that i trust send out invitations to people they know as well run a survey like oh yeah you've been invited who else do you nominate to come through and then you just get a room full of heavy hitters in the city just to prove to not anyone but ourselves that like there's enough star power creative power organizational power enterprising minds to do something big in or out the city and just you know wish everybody well and make everyone feel less alone you know that's the big overall picture when it comes to events is like we're all going to be in one room where it's impossible to feel alone I know you know you could be going through mental health stuff where you pop off and come to the event but you still feel alone but I want to curate an environment where that can never be the case because I saw a ton of people commenting each other hyping each other up and people I knew full well didn't know each other you know being shoulder to shoulder in a spot and it's it's it feels good to do that again because of the years that we've had year and a half or whatever yeah that's definitely the vision and anything i can do you know anyone reach out to me i'm trying to get like get my feet wet and and get stick honestly stick my nose in other events that are being planned that i hear of so i can make them that much better because i know i have the ability to i, I love time. it bro
0: i love hearing this i i like you said bro like you're you've talked to many people and their favorite part was meeting people and networking and, and hearing about other people's stories and all that and that was that was my favorite part, man. That was my favorite part was meeting people, looking around the room, and and looking back at my friends that I went to high school with, and looking at them, and then looking around again, and being like, "This is the scene I want to be in. This these are the people I want to be around. These are the these are the people that are tough to find in the city, but when you find them, you you can sense something special." And yeah. on Friday night, I felt some some special was was brewing and it's continuing to brew and the next event it's it's going to be bigger it's going to be better and the only way is up
1: yeah That's what it is, right? everyone that came to the first one pull up to the second if they can because you know we built that trust now you know yeah first thing that could have happened is we throw something bunk and everyone's like oh i'm never coming to some shit that these exactly. guys are running again but i think it was kind of like almost a future karma type thing to where the universe aligned to where I could have this event and have it go good through everyone that attended just because maybe the universe realized, oh, this kid's got pure intentions and he's trying to make kids feel less alone. So let's, uh, let's make these kids trust this organization and these artists that put it on. Yeah,
0: I love it, man. I love it. Thanks again, bro. I appreciate you coming on and talking of course, and, and telling me about Atlas, telling everyone about Atlas, talking about your performance and the event and what's coming. I'm excited. I hope all the listeners are too. If you haven't heard Drew Sicko, Terminal, new album, always always dropping songs. Check out his Insta, all his socials, nice. everything. It's crazy. He does crazy stuff. And you ever need anything, media, anything like that, contact him he is a master with his craft and at what everything he does graphic designing music editing whatever it is he's crazy he's a he's a genius in my eyes and he he continues to be great so thanks again drew i appreciate it
1: word yeah pull up everybody you know you know where to find it atlasmedia.group is the site and the Instagram, you know, Connor's podcast here is on the network. So if you're visiting off of Spotify or anything like that, it might be in the bio or just look it up and you can find all his episodes. You can find a couple episodes that we have of corner of the globe. It's me and bomb's podcast. If you, you know, are, are trying to start a podcast or want to be on the network, you can reach out to me. And also we have some playlists on Spotify and I'm trying to get Connor, gotta mention, to, to curate. One, you know, like have it be in tie with the podcast. You know, in the process writing a podcast or or writing a playlist or whatever the hell it would be called. Yeah, yeah, bet. Where um, you can curate songs. You know, I know you were putting songs as the intro and the outro, but just to not be sued, we started using my beats. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Any songs that you're thinking of? Because I know you got a good music taste and you're always coming up with new stuff. You can throw them in there, and then people would also be able to submit to you. So hopefully we can get some likes up on that. But currently we got Mayflowers mood board and Atlas picks. They're all growing because of each other, and people can can submit to that. So yeah, if you're an artist, hit me up to be on a, on a playlist potentially. And if you need a music video or anything, pull up. But yeah, if you're just a, a person that likes cool events or lives in Edmonton or believes in the vision, you know, come support. You know, we need as many people as we can. And, you know, we're working on merch, too. I think I should link up with Connor and start making some some cool merch. So 100p, 100p, I'm,
0: I'm always down. get
1: everything in it. Fuck fame. Keep it low, going can be, but the kids gotta see what's up. I was riding around to the E, but no AC on a bus. J, back in the house and we cooking up B. If I ain't inside, then I'm out in the street. Hey, just get mad because they'll never be me. A to